Well, ugh, I don't even know what to say. AEW Revolution 2021 was last night. I am a bit tired. Do you know what I mean? A bit tired. Took the day off work today. Do you know what I mean? Unpaid by my ad. Paid for the pay-per-view last night. Thought, do you know what? I'll wake up. I'll wake up, yeah. I'll give a nice little review of this pay-per-view. I'm sure there'll be some great matches. There were some good matches, but nobody's even talking. Nobody is even talking about... Nobody's talking about the matches, about the stories. The two things that everyone's talking about is... Where's this Hall of Fame worthy? Where's this game-changing... Where's this game-changing signing that Tony Khan has signed to a multi-year deal? Oh, my God, seriously. So, do you know what? That's probably not even the main story. It's probably the main event. So, last night... Basically, the pay-per-view itself, I mean, it was okay. It was decent. It was, it wasn't, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like this great, amazing card. It wasn't this $50 or whatever it was in the States. We only paid £20 in the UK, so that's not too bad. That's probably about $35. But it was, it, it, all you need to do is go on Twitter. This was a very disappointing very disappointing pay-per-view in the eyes of many. I mean, nobody's going to remember. Nobody's going to remember the really good Young Bucks um, MJF Jericho match. Nobody's actually going to remember what was a a really good exploding barbed wire death match because all they're going to remember is that ending. What an absolute disaster! So let's rewind, shall we? So AEW have had a great few months. It's been brilliant. The TV's been absolutely fantastic. Every week I've had to come on here and I've been like, wow, AEW's killing it. AEW's killing it. I'm getting people messaging me, tweeting me, oh, you're biased against WWE. You're always giving WWE abuse. But it's like, well, what am I going to do? WWE aren't putting on a really good show and AEW are putting on a really good show. I'm sure there'll be a time where it'll flip. Hopefully it won't because I want WWE to be good and I want AEW to be good. But last night... You just can't defend that. I mean, you, you're going to see people, you're going to see people, we all know the podcasters that are like this, that are going to be like, oh, really good show. It was a shame the explosion at the end didn't work, but it was still a really good show. And, oh, how can you not be happy with, how can you not be happy with Christian debuting AEW? Blah, blah. Right, so this is where the problem starts. So I tweeted this at the start of the week. So Tony Khan what was it, like, November was it, he was tweeting about, oh, it's going to be a game-changing night in the world of pro wrestling tonight, big surprise at the end, blah, 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 which a few weeks later, people have, like, sort of papered over those cracks, he's like, oh, he was talking about Impact Merge, do you know what I mean, joining forces with AEW, blah, 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 right, but if you actually go back to that, he was promising something that night, and it didn't really happen, did it, it was PAX return, right, and the problem with that night was, if you'd have not had, no offence to him, Tony Khan, yeah, has been great for wrestling. There's no getting away from this. But I love the guy. I think he's great, right? He's great for wrestling. So I feel bad slagging him off. But hey, that's what you got to do as a podcaster if someone's not. So go back to November, yeah? So he promises something huge happening. And it was Pac. And what he did, because he, he had to open his mouth on Twitter, yeah? Right? He opened his mouth on Twitter. Everybody was expecting this huge... Do you know what I mean? Massive deal. All night, Twitter's going wild talking about it. Oh, who could it be? Who could it be? What, what's going to happen? Is this happening? Every suggestion in the books like getting suggested. And it was just Pac returning. And what it did, it actually took away from Pac returning, who'd been away for six months. Instead of people, if you just hadn't have opened your mouth, yeah, 
people will be like, way Pac's back. Great. Oh, that was great. What a surprise. But what I think Tony Khan's not realising is, look, yeah, it's all well and good talking about this on, on social media and hyping it up in your interviews, yeah. It's all well and good doing that. You might get a few more You might get a few more viewers. They probably got more pay-per-view buys last night for this, what has been hyped up for days and days, this big signing, yeah. They probably did get more pay-per-view buys. Maybe they sold a few more tickets, yeah. Maybe they got a few more mentions on Twitter. But not looking at the bigger picture is, next time Tony Khan comes along, 6, 9, 12 months, promises something big's going to happen, nobody's going to believe it. Nobody's going to buy it. He's lost the faith, the good faith of people that he does. He's now going to be known as someone who doesn't deliver on his promises. And that is due to the fact I get he's really excited about the product. AEW's been brilliant for weeks. He's Booker of the Year. He's been, he's done a great job, better than anyone could expect. But there's one negative. I mean, his football, Fulham, Fulham fans in the Premier League, yeah. If you ask Fulham fans, the guy talks too much on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? In 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 the in the UK in football or whatever, it's strange for an owner of a football club to be talking about the players' performances, the managers' performances, hyping up the transfers, going on Twitter saying, look, we weren't good enough, we'll do better next time. Maybe you should probably do that about last night's pay-per-view. But, like, pundits in the UK have always been criticising him for this. Jamie Carragher's one of them, right? And he seems to have took that into wrestling. It is good to have transparency, but all he did... If I was Christian, yeah, I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed if I was Christian because... Say, like, he hadn't... There'd been nothing. We didn't have Big Show coming out on Wednesday. Big Show came out on Wednesday, yeah, to tell us about the surprise, yeah? The only reason you're going to tell somebody about a surprise is because you want people to tune in. So they wanted these extra pay-per-view buys, yeah? But what they didn't realise is, by hyping it up to the level that they did, all they'd done is cause disappointment. It takes a big feat, because Christian, Christian returning to wrestling, yeah? They basically stole him off WWE. If last night we was all watching that pay-per-view, yeah? And all of a sudden, oh, who's this? And Christian comes out, it's a completely different scenario. Nobody's criticising it on Twitter, yeah? Everybody, you're waking up this morning going online like, oh my God, Christian, Christian signed with AEW, debuted on the pay-per-view last night. But instead, it's greeted with, really, is that it? Christian? Christian is your, yeah, he is Hall of Fame worthy or whatever, but we've heard, what have we heard? Hall of Fame worthy. He's going to change the landscape. He's going to, he's one of Tony Khan's all-time favourite wrestlers. And the problem that you've got is, right, when when you, when you people know that people, like, people are like, oh, I've seen, I'm reading all these, like, do-gooders on Twitter who are like, oh, people need to curb their expectations, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? They got carried away. People got carried away. Because they were persuaded to get carried away. People got carried away because we had Big Show coming out on Dynamite telling us something huge was going to happen. People got carried away because Tony Khan is all over social media promoting this. He's all over the interviews saying, oh, this is going to be big. This is going to be huge. I've signed a great... Me, look at me. I've signed this great talent to a big multi-year deal. And everyone... You can't do stuff like that when you've got the likes of... hate bringing him up, but you've got CM Punk, who's a free agent, yeah? You've got Brock Lesnar, who's a free agent, yeah? They're both out there. So what, you've got even, even Kurt Angle, yeah? Who isn't quite on their level at the moment, but he's bigger than Christian is, yeah? So when you've got those guys out there, don't promise a huge signing. Just let it be a surprise because all it's going to lead to is disappointment. Christian, 
is a good signing. Do you know what I mean? He, I'm a big Christian fan. I love Christian. If that would have been a surprise last night, I'd be I'd have been buzzing. But all over promising leads to disappointment, and it, it it didn't need to be like that. They didn't need to do it for the sake of getting an extra five to ten thousand pay per view buys for the sake of getting your name trending on Twitter. Is it really worth annoying your core fan base? And I know there's people out there who like. I still find it weird that there's like obsessive WWE fans, obsessive AEW fans who'll defend everything they do. For me, WWE do something terrible, I'll fucking come on here and I'll tell you. If AEW do something terrible which doesn't happen that often, I'll fucking come on here and I'll tell you because that is the whole point of podcasting. Give your honest opinions. Don't sugarcoat stuff. Don't be politically correct, which is in my first few years of podcasting, I think, oh, can I say this? Do you know what I mean? You watch all these like top podcasters who are like, oh, they've got to be dead correct with everything they say, and they've got to find the positives in everything. And one day I just thought, why? Why? The whole point of this is so you can get your feelings out. I don't do this to get X amount of subscribers, X amount of followers. Do this as it's a way of just getting out my opinions of what's going on. And last night was a big fucking disappointment. I've been hyped up for this pay-per-view yet. Yeah. You don't... I've lost, I've lost a couple of hundred quid today through not going into work. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't get paid for holidays. I've just not gone into work because I stayed up last night to watch this show. That's how hyped up I was for it. Regardless of these big announcements, we didn't. I didn't need to be told that there was a huge shining coming in. What it did, it took away from the matches last night, I felt. All the work that they've done over these last few months, the great build that they've done, no matter what, you could have put on... Four star, five star, four star match after four star match, yeah. If those big wrestling fans love surprises, yeah, they love huge stories, yeah. Forget everyone's obsessed at the moment with, oh, it was a four and a half star match. Wrestling fans, when it comes down to it, want surprises, they want big news and big talking points, yeah, coming out of something. No matter what, over everything, that's what they want. So. It just it just overshadowed everything. No, okay, on Twitter today, is anybody talking about that really, really good Young Bucks versus MJF and Chris Jericho match? No. Is anybody talking about Sting's first match, even if it was cinematic? Is anybody talking about that? No. Is anybody talking about Kenny Omega and John Moxley putting the bodies on the line and de- delivering a pretty good, even though it's not my type of match, a pretty good, really good, exploding barbed wire death match? No. The only things people are talking about is the letdown of an announcement and those (laughs) fucking awful explosions at the end, right? Which, look, mistakes happen, mistakes happen, yeah? But if this was WWE, everyone would be fuming. They'd be fuming. And to be fair, they are getting the fair amount of criticism on Twitter. But what I would like to happen is, I mean, I'm guessing people have touched on this. I've basically went to bed last night. I've woke up this morning. I've plugged the microphone in, yeah? So I've not had time to read the reaction, really. I've seen what Tony Khan said. He's come up with this whole... So if you missed it, if you're living under rock last night, after the match, the explosions were fine in the match. People have said for weeks, this this is reliant on the explosions delivering, yeah? Nobody's going to remember the explosions at the start of the match. They're going to remember all week. It's been, They didn't need to do this either. They didn't need to be like, after 30 minutes, the ring's going to explode. If they'd have just had the match and finished it, yeah, and gone off air... Fine, everyone's happy. It was a good match. It delivered. But they had to have this big explosion at the end. And it... Oh, mate, it was embarrassing. It was... It was Seriously, it was awkward. It was awkward. I was watching it and I was just like... 
Oh no, like, if you John Moxley and you Kenny Omega, you've fucking ripped your arms to pieces. You're probably in fucking big pain. All that, I don't know if the pyro guys messed up, yeah. Something clearly went wrong because there's no way, they will have done a, pre a test run for this, I'd, hope, I'd like to think that they did. There's no way that that was the big ending. I mean, oh, I mean, the, it's annoying because the story, there was, we've all thought there's going to be a day where Eddie Kingston comes out and helps John Moxley, yeah? And that was great, that was great, that storytelling was great. And for it, when Eddie Kingston came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is brilliant. And then the explosion is just lay it all down. We've got Eddie Kingston selling the explosions. It was awkward. It was, they're very lucky that that was not in front of a big building of fans. The whole show, really. The whole show. It's like, I'm just, I'm just annoyed, really. All the hard work they've put into building up this pay-per-view. All that hard work. Gone. Gone. Through a letdown of a, of a surprise that didn't need to be hyped up to the level that it was. It didn't. Didn't. It wasn't worth getting those extra pay-per-view buys to lose the goodwill and trust of your core fans, yeah? It wasn't. And with that lame explosion at the end. And I mean, Tony Khan's come out and blamed it on, what? Oh, it, it's part of the story. It's Kenny Omega's not good at building a bomb. Bollocks. Bollocks. There's no way you're going to have the story of Kenny Omega not being good at building up this explosion thing, yeah? There's no way... You're going to have, just for that story, to be able to leave everyone you, leaving your pay-per-view disappointed. There's no way. Just come out. Tony Khan should just come out and say, look. You know what I mean? Mistakes happen. This is live. This is wrestling, yeah? We wanted it to be bigger and it wasn't for whatever reason. We're sorry. We'll do better next time. I'm proud of the guys going out there and killing themselves for that match. That's what we should be talking about. We should be talking about that. But instead, we're not. I'm on here. Do you know what I mean? I, usually, after AEW shows, as a podcaster, yeah? It's a lot easier talking about WWE because there's a lot of shit in there. Do you know what I mean? It's easier coming on here going, fucking hell, the Miz is champion. That's easy. That's easy plugging this microphone in and ranting about that for 15 minutes, yeah. It's a lot harder. Like, people who do New Japan podcasts, I always think that must be hard because they just talk positive for the main part because it's a lot of, well, it was about a year ago, just a lot of great wrestling. That's a, It's a lot harder. It's a lot easier to talk about and complain about something than it is to just sit here praising it, going, oh, that was good, that was good. Remember once talking to one of my mates who wanted to do an NXT podcast two years ago, and he's brilliant at rants, he's a lot better than me, and I said to him, I was like, nobody wants to listen to you sit here going, oh, that was a really good match. They want to listen to you rant. Do you know what I mean? That's what they want to listen to you to do. So, foot reviewing NXT, review Raw or something, but don't know, just a, I don't know, I just didn't really want to come in here today and be talking about this. But, that's what it is, I mean, it, I've got all my notes to go through match by match, which seems pointless, it, it, nobody, in, in about six months time, even today, nobody's remembering the good stuff that was on that show, nobody is, they're just sat here, like I am, talking about everything that went wrong, and it didn't need to be like that, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, CM Punk just needs to come back for one night, yeah, and then go, just come back for one night, and then it's out of everyone's systems, and then, because at the moment, you just can't, you just can't tell people that someone's returning, and that you've made a big signing, because that's all that people, including myself, really want to see, but, I don't know, I just can't believe you'd make out, you'd made this huge signing, this huge game-changing, Hall of Fame-worthy, multi-year signing, one of your favourite wrestlers, while Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, Kurt Angle are out there, if you knew it was going to be Christian. No disrespect to Christian. 
He looked great in that Royal Rumble match, but you didn't need to hype it. You did not need to hype it like this because all it's done, it'd be like me, it'd be like me, yeah? Be like, it'd be like me going around going, oh, I'm the best shagger in, press, in, in, in England. I'm the best shagger in England, yeah? All that's going to do whenever I sleep with a girl is cause disappointment. Do you know what I mean? Don't overhype something you can't deliver on. At all. Because I definitely can't deliver on it. But it's just, it's just madness. Madness. There was no need to do it. I think Tony Khan might learn. I'm hoping that he will. I, was, I thought after that whole pack deal in November, he got absolutely slaughtered. Slaughtered on social media for over-promising on that. And I thought that'll be his lesson. He'll learn from this. But he's not. He's not. He's not learned from it at all. But he's getting daggers now. It's getting abuse now. Hopefully, he'll learn. For it. Hopefully, this pay per view is a big learning point. One, don't overpromise on something you are not. You know you're not going to deliver on. And two, if something goes wrong, people, nobody, you don't need to make excuses. If something goes wrong, just come out, hold your hands up, say yeah. We're disappointed with that ending. That was not what we wanted it to be. Don't double down on it and try and turn it into a story. You don't need to do that. So yeah, that that's basically. I'm still disappointed and shocked with that show last night. But it, it took away from the stuff that was actually good on it. I mean, it just... I, I don't even know. It just takes... So, I mean, so last night, the, the obviously, there was the whole talk all weekend. Who were the two big surprises? Who's it going to be? And it was Ethan Page and Christian Cage. Christian is, what, 47? He's 47, yeah. He jumped over to TNA... 16 years ago? 16 years ago. I, I'm just a bit confused with the direction, what's going on. I mean, we've got, now we've got Big Show. We've got Christian. Like, if you're going to get guys from WWE, I don't know. Like, I didn't think this was the route AEW were going to take. Do you know what I mean? Like, signing signing these sorts of guys. They'll probably do a good job with them. They will. I'm not saying sit here saying Christian's a bad signing, because I don't think he is. But starting to get a bit of the TNA vibes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to say that because it's still... don't want to completely shit on the entire thing. But it's just just disappointing. Disappointing. And then the segment where Christian debuts, he just walks out, signs the contract and leaves. Doesn't even speak. Just goes like that. And it was just a complete anti-climax. But the show itself, I mean, it seems like years ago we started off... I, I don't even... This is the problem, yeah? Pay-per-view review. I'm reviewing... I'm reviewing a pay-per-view, yeah? I don't even want to do it. <laughs> I'm sat here. And I've, I've, I've had the life sucked out of me. The Wi-Fi is going, which is great. But I've had the life sucked out of me from last night. Nobody is going to remember any of these matches on the pay-per-view. They're just going to remember the two big disappointments. So, like I said, I don't want to talk about these matches. I mean, Makito Maki, and Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa and Rio. Yeah, Britt pinned Thunder Rosa. That was good. I enjoyed that. That was a nice thought. I like that Maki is is it I can't even say it. Makiito, Makiato, what she was great. Yeah, she she needs to be signed. But I'm just I don't know if I'm tired, I feel drained, I just don't want to talk about it. Young Bucks versus Jericho Miz AEW tag team tiles. Now this probably the match of the night. This is it's a trend with AEW pay-per-views. I mean, full gear, I thought full gear. Was a bit overrated myself, if I'm honest. I've always, I think with AEW, yeah, I've said this a lot. I think the WWE pay per views 
have delivered during this pandemic era. They have. But I think the thing is, AEW build up their pay-per-views that well that we all go into these AEW pay-per-views thinking, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm excited. You're hyped. The preview shows are great. You're hyped. There's a lot of good stories going to You're expecting great things and they can't deliver on it. They don't deliver on it. You're getting decent to good pay-per-views, yeah? That's what you're getting from AEW where you're expecting great because the build's that good. Whereas with the WWE pay-per-views, the build's fucking awful. So you're going into it thinking, well, is there even a pay-per-view on tonight? I'll shove it on. And it's actually pretty good. Or it's alright. So you're going into a WWE pay-per-view with no expectations and no hopes. And it always ends up being alright. And then you're going into these AEW pay-per-views with unrealistic expectations, which isn't helped by the fact the owners flipping telling us that flipping The Rock and Brock Lesnar are going to debut or something along those lines. Well, not quite. But you know what I'm saying? You, you, they can't deliver on the quality that you're expecting. So, it's just two different spectrums. And I think WWE pay-per-views have delivered more than these AEW shows. I mean, I didn't like All Out. That was in August. Full Gear was a bit better. This was... It was okay, but yeah. It was a great start. Bucks versus Jericho and Miz. I did expect a little bit more fighting in the match. Seeing the, like... I know they, like, fought at the start. This turned into a bit of a moves match, which... Didn't really represent the story that going into it, but it was really good. Really good match. Uh, I went four stars on that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Great match. Match of the night, probably. The Casino Battle Royal. I mean, I'm going to whiz through all this because I'm just not in the mood to talk about wrestling, which maybe not the best time to do a podcast, but Casino Battle Royal. I'm not a fan of these Casino Battle Royals, really, if I'm honest. Not a big fan of them. Um, a bit Not confusing, but it's just a bit overcomplicated for me. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of teams. It felt like forever to get going. And I was thinking, this is fucking shit. But the, the end of the match was great, weren't it? We get Pac, um, Pac, was it Pac John Silver, Jungle Boy Phoenix. The end of, right, these four were brilliant at the end of the match. I mean, it, it left you. You just want to see Pac versus John Silver. The Jungle Boy Phoenix stuff at the end was great. It got Jungle Boy over huge. You can tell the guy, Phoenix being the last um, survivor in this, Mate, they finally realised, look, we need to go with Phoenix. This guy is one of the top guys in wrestling. We need to go with Ray Phoenix, and he gets the win um, in this match. So, yeah, Young Bucks versus Pac and Phoenix. It's going to be that. It's going to be amazing. Amazing match, and I'm really excited to watch that one. Um, but, yeah, I think I went about three stars on this. The boringness at the start was outweighed by the pretty greatness at the end. Hikaru Shiga... Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida versus Sakazaki. It was good. The action was really good in this. It was well wrestled. Went a bit too long. Went a bit too long for a wrestler that we don't really know much about. I didn't really expect anything except Hikaru Shida to win. The work was really good. Um, I don't know why Sakazaki's kicking out of Hikaru Shida's finisher three times. Bit overkill for me. Um, I'll say it went a bit long, but the work in this was really good. I went three and a quarter. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good match, um, but they do need to work on the win. I don't I, For me, I want to see... Why, where's this Hikaru Shida-Britt Baker feud? Hikaru Shida's the top baby face in the division. Britt Baker's the top heel. Just go with it. I know. I think they've had a match, didn't they, on like Dynamite at the beginning, one of the commentators was saying, but let's just go with this feud. It's time. It's time. Let's go. Let's go. This should be the match at double or nothing. And Britt Baker should be taking the belt off of Karashida. Although it does look like they might be running with Thunder Rosa versus um, Britt Baker a bit more. Give us a three-way. Do you know what I mean? Maybe a three-way will be good. Karashida needs a proper storyline going into double or nothing. It's been very, very stop and start on it. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'll be watching Double or Nothing because it's on my 30th birthday. So hopefully I'm not sat inside watching wrestling. Hopefully I am in a pub absolutely smashed. I'm sure I will be. Unless the pub's shut here yet again. I'd like for him to open first. But next, don't know. There was a big run of matches on this show. It was like, like going into this pay for you, I thought, this is going to be great. But the, and then I was like, well, there's a lot of matches on here that we're not actually that fussed about. Miro and Kip versus um, Young Boy Chuck. What is it? You know, that was Young Boy Trent versus Butler Chuck and Orange Cassidy. I just didn't really care about this. I just. Miro debuted in AEW. Was it August? August, early September? We're in March. He's done diddly squat. He's done nothing. Can he please, can we please just get this turn on Kip out of the way? I mean, at least Miro gets the win here and he looks dominant, but Penelope got took out and Miro didn't really care. So maybe it's going to be slow build to the turn, but I don't know why Miro is with Kip. We didn't in the first place. We all thought the turn was going to be at the wedding and even that took too long to get to. This was, they just, just get Miro out of this, seriously. The handling of Miro has just not been good. I know we praise AEW for a lot of stuff apart from this pay-per-view, but... The, Miro, the handling of Miro has just not been good. Um, I went two stars on this. It was... I don't know. I was sat here at three o'clock in the morning last night thinking... Should have just recorded it and gone work. Every credit to everyone else who did. Um, Dynamite, we've got Chris Jericho. He's calling an inner circle war council. I feel like they've done loads of these, but... Saying it's time for a change. The teasing... Everyone's going into it thinking MJF's probably going to kick Jericho out of the inner circle. I don't think that'll happen. AEW do like to... I don't want to say drag things on, but do you know what I mean? They like they like the slow builds, don't they? Um, next, Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page, the money match. This reminded me a bit of Matt Ho- of um, Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian a bit. I don't think it needed to go as long as it did. I think Hangman Page should be beating Matt Hardy in six or seven, seven or eight minutes. It took too long to get to where they were going, but once it did, it was pretty good. The action was good. Um, when he hit the side effect into the twist of fate, I actually thought it was over. Um, I liked the whole Dark Order coming out to stop Private Party and Ethereum when Hangman falls off and Dark Order shoving back up. Bookshot Larry, it was a great finish, um, really well booked finish. Um, but I don't feel like the match needed to go that long. It didn't need to be. This could have even opened the show and just been a fast-paced eight-minute match. Nobody needs to go see Matt Hardy go 15 minutes plus in this day and age. But overall, the match was good. The match was good, and I think the best thing AEW have at the moment is pretty much this Hangman Dark Order stuff, which I'm excited to see where it goes, hopefully. I mean, before this pay-per-view, I was like, they'll pay it off great. I trust them. I trust them. We trust them. And now I'm thinking, hmm, do we? But, hey. Uh, next, we get the ladder match. Cody Rolls, this ain't a fucking tea party. It's a ladder match. The face of the revolution ladder match. I am sick of every big wrestling show having a multi-man ladder match on it. I don't need to see it. I've seen it. Seriously, I'm sick of ladder matches. Every fucking show, it's a ladder match. I mean, it was Cody versus Scorpio Sky versus Lance Archer versus Penta versus Max Caster. I'm a big fan of Max Caster. And uh, the acclaimed. I don't know. The surprise was all Ego, Ethan Page. I mean, wasn't much of a surprise, really. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I've never been a big watcher of Impact. I've seen him like a couple of times. He didn't really do much for me. The guy's like, he, he's all right, and he. So yeah, it just, the, I don't know. The ladder match was. 
I didn't like the ladder match. Didn't like it. it when this is what was making me think last night. Should I just go to bed? It went on for ages. The whole Cody Rhodes getting took an act. As soon as someone gets took out of a match, he stood on the stage for ten minutes. It took all the attention off everything that was going on. I've seen all these spots before. There was a lot of sloppiness. Didn't like the match. I went two stars and it didn't like it, but I did like that they're finally doing something with Scorpio Sky. Um, not sure if he needed to go like heel, which seemed to be happening on Dynamite, but I like the winner, but the match itself, what did it go? 20, at least 20 minutes. It felt like an eternity. The ending was a bit anticlimactic. They've got the whole brass ring thing above the ring. I, I wasn't a fan of this. I'm, we don't need ladder matches on every show. Can we, do you know what I mean? The best ladder matches... Benoit, Jericho, Jericho, Shawn Michaels, probably forgetting a few, have been feuds, single feuds, centred around ladders. The TLC matches were feuds centred around ladders. Ladder matches were never there to be, oh, let's get a ladder match on the show, that'll be good. Do you know what I mean? It's just overused at the moment, I'm bored of the whole thing. Right, next, so, full disclosure, after Christian came out, I'm not going to run on Christian again, um, after he came out, um... I went to bed last night. This was quarter to four, and I thought, you know what? I already know. I already know that Omega's winning. I can't be bothered with this cinematic match. Quarter to four in the morning. I'm going to bed. Builders will be outside my flat at seven o'clock making a racket. So, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. So, I went to bed, and at the time of viewing this, I still haven't watched. I watched the ending to the cinematic match. I saw that Sting um, pinned Ricky Starks. I heard the match was all right. Yeah. I'm pretty much done with the cinematic matches. Do you know what I mean? I'm, maybe, it, maybe, maybe it was really good, but they just don't do it for me. That, that for me, the, the cinematic matches it peaks with Undertaker, AJ Styles. The stadium stampede is not really cinematic. It is. It's not. I don't know. But it peaked with those two matches. Everything since has just been a sack of shit. Really. I mean, we had that Britt Baker match and at All Out, which was awful. Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, which was awful. They've killed it. They've killed it. Let's just leave it. Let's leave the cinematic matches. <laughs> with the Bray Wyatt matches or whatever. Let's just leave it. We had Undertaker AJ. We had the Stadium Stampede. It was great. Do you know what I mean? It got us through a shit time. We're a year on from it. We don't need cinematic matches anymore. Um. So, yeah. So, no... See, see, do you know what I mean? It's not even a big... Sting's first match back in six years should be a huge talking point, but it's not. It's not. I, sh I should be leading the show with that, but we're not. Um. Omega Moxley, we spoke about it. I thought the match was... It's not my sort of match. It's not, but, and what it was, I thought they did a really good job, it was exciting, um, the explosions were good during the match, that's the thing, we got the one-winged angel, which nobody's kicked out of, and I love that spot where Moxley kicks the ropes, causing, he exploded himself just to, like, break the pinfall, that was good, um, we get the fuckery where they come out, and the good brothers come out, which was always going to happen, and then that brutal one-winged angel on the chair, it was all good, it was good, it was about, I don't know, three and three quarters, four-star match, whatever, but, I don't know, it just, to me, it didn't make sense, why would the, why would the explosion clock carry on, like, why would it carry on, I didn't really get that, like, that didn't really make much sense, did it, like, sure, the match is over, you just stop the clock, someone can come out, turn everything off, and they not pre-planned that, do you know what I mean? Like, storyline-wise, surely whoever's running the show, Tony Khan, will be like, right, as soon as the match is over, the explosions carry on, or do we just leave the explosions going on, which was weird. But they wanted the big ending. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. 
I mean, it was great storytelling having um, Eddie Kingston coming out to save Moxley. I love that part of it. The explosions would have been huge. It would have been... We'd have, the explosions were huge, like we've seen some of the videos from the matches in Japan. It would have been a really good finish to this pay-per-view. It would. But instead, we got the sparkler effect where it was one of the most... It's going to be talked about, in it? For years, that ending. It, they went out with a whimper... And all the work that's gone into Moxley Kingston, all the work that's gone into Omega Moxley, the fucking hell these two put them through this match. Nobody's gonna remember it. All they're gonna remember is that lackluster ending. And it was it was a shame. It was a shame. I mean, is it their fault? Clearly someone messed up along the way. I think if they just came out, held the hands up, I'd have a lot more respect instead of like Tony coming out saying, Oh, what did people expect? Blah 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 blah. The explosions in the match were better than the the big explosion at the end. So, yeah, it was a shame. I mean, for me, the pay-per-view, you can only give it a thumbs down. But it's tough because WWE put this pay-per-view on. You'd be like, oh, it was pretty good. But because we have such high expectations for AEW, which I suppose is a, is a positive. We have high expectations because the product is really good. But it just didn't deliver on it. I mean, I'm just looking. I put a poll up. It was only like half an hour ago I put the poll up. And AEW for Have This just shows 53% of you gave it a thumbs up, 47% thumbs down. Usually if I do an AEW poll like that, you're looking at least 70% positive. So yeah, that just shows people's thoughts on it. It's a night that we need to move on from quickly, forget about, try and take the positives out of, I've got all the ranting out of my system. Look, Christian is going to be good for AEW, yeah? The problem was it was just overhyped and it was never going to deliver on the scale that we wanted it to. But that's done now. I'm excited to see where Christian goes in AEW. Um, we just need to get past this. Let's just not mention this pay-per-view again, although I'm sure that is not going to happen. This is going to be reacted about for days. At least we got... I was able to come in here and rant about it. I mean, I was looking forward to getting into talking about the matches, but... <laughs> Don't know, I just feel a bit dejected about it. Do you know what I mean? I'm a big AEW fan. I just feel like feel like I've been looking forward to my team playing in the cup final for a few weeks and we've been dicks 3-0. And as a Preston fan, I know a lot about that. Bolton and West Ham. But hey, I don't know what to say. I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, we'll be back next week talking about the fallout to all this. The road to WrestleMania is going on. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre main event in Mania. I can have a good rant about that next week. But yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, sorry there was no show last week. It was, be honest with you, I'm 29, single. Went out on the Saturday, got smashed. Went out on the Monday, smashed. Yeah, had a good week. It's been a good week. This weekend was good. But hey, I suppose I should, I don't know, in about, in about five years, yeah, I'm sure I'll be able to do, like, regular shows or whatever every week, but I'm not one of these podcasters you can rely on, unfortunately, and I shouldn't really say that, one day I will, one day I'll grow up, I'll mellow, but hey, young lad, I like going out, don't I, so yeah, you might just get, there's no point in me saying it's going to be a fixed date every week, because I just can't deliver on it, clearly, I'll review every pay-per-view, if there's a big story, I'll plug the mic in and talk about it, stick with me! We've got a good 10 years, good 15 years. I ain't going anywhere. I'm always going to podcast and plug this mic in and rant. But yeah, um, find us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. The war is over. The Wednesday night war is over. So I'm going to change that handle um, at some point. But yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. You're probably not going to because you probably, I don't know, 
you don't like honest opinions on a show, you want me to come on here sugarcoat and be like, well, the show was really good when really... It wasn't. It wasn't. It was disappointing. So, yeah, that was AW Revolution 2021. I'm Daniel, and I will see you next time. Goodbye.